Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. I decided to start Amazing Stories because as a fan, I couldn't find a podcast that was 100% dedicated to sharing stories of adventure, fantasy, the supernatural, and macabre. So please, follow, share, and if you can, support my podcast, Amazing Stories, where every day I bring you a new story. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this amazing story. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Ben-Hur, the novel by Lou Wallace, dramatized for radio in four parts by Catherine Schakowska, music by Wilfredo Acosta, with Jamie Glover as Judah Ben-Hur, Samuel West as Masala, Michael Horton as Balthazar, Bernard Hepton as Simonides, and Freddie Jones as Sheikh Ildery. The Bible is read by Michael Gambon. Ben-Hur, Part 2, Son of Arius. I, Judah Ben-Hur, had been falsely accused of attempting to assassinate Gratus, the Roman governor of Jerusalem, and through the treachery of my old friend Masada, had been sent to the galleys. My property had been confiscated, and my mother and sister had disappeared. But then the tribune Quintus Arius, who had once known my father, had taken an interest in my plight. I had saved him from drowning, and in return he made me his son and heir. From that time on, I was known in Rome only as the son of Arius. I spent five years in Rome, and although I had good cause to hate the city, I had grown to love and respect the Duumvir Arius. And when he died, I mourned his passing. It was in July that I finally travelled east again, to Antioch. Sir? Yes? Those two ships over there, they fly bright yellow flags. What does that signify? The flags are marks of ownership. 
And has the owner so many ships that he can fly his own flag? Oh, yes, indeed. He lives in Antioch and is known to be very rich. Perhaps you are too young to remember, but there used to be in Jerusalem a prince of an ancient family by the name of Her. I have heard of him, yes. Well, the prince was a merchant with a genius for business. He had branches in many of the great cities of the world. Uh, the one in Antioch was in charge of a man who was a family servant of the hers, Simonides. Simonides? Well, the name is Greek, but the man was an Israelite. Uh, do you know of him? No, no, but please, go on. Well, the master died, but his business carried on, and carried on well, but he had faithful servants. But then... A terrible misfortune overtook the family. Perhaps you've heard of that? A little. Well, the prince's only son tried to kill the procurator, Gratus. He's not been heard of since. And no one of the name of her was left alive, it seems. No one? Well, nobody knows anything for certain. The family disappeared and their palace was sealed. And what became of the estate? It was confiscated by the procurator and all the properties, so they say. Uh, but I'm only telling you the story as I received it. And what of this Simonides? Ah, well, uh, Simonides, who had been the prince's agent here in Antioch, began trading on his own account soon after the disaster and quickly became the master merchant of the city. Uh, those are his ships. Uh, on the sea at present, he has enough galleys to make a royal fleet. He leads a charmed life. They say that if he threw a coin into the river, it would come back to him covered with gold. <laughs> and how long has he been trading on his own account? Oh, it must be nearly ten years now. But you see, and here's the mystery. The procurator took all the Prince Her's property and possessions, but his money could not be found, and there must have been vast sums. I see. Most people in Antioch believe that it gave old Simonides his start in business. If so, he has used it well. He's made it work for him. The procurator Gratus thinks so, too. How so? Well, twice in five years, he has imprisoned Simonides and tortured him. They say there's not a sound bone left in the man. And Gratus could prove nothing? Well, the most they could get out of Simonides was that he'd obtained his money lawfully and was making lawful use of it. Now he's passed their persecution. He has a license to trade signed by Tiberius himself. And no one knows what became of the prince's family. Well, the boy was sent to the galleys. He must surely be dead by now. No man survives them long. The widow and her daughter are imprisoned, I believe. Who knows what has become of them? And that is all you know. Why are you so interested? No particular reason. It's a good story, a way of passing the journey. Oh, we're almost ready to dock. Uh, see, there is the grove of Daphne. You must visit it, young man, for it is very beautiful. I will, most certainly. Thank you, sir. Well, I must see to my baggage before we disembark. Uh, sir... Can I trouble you with one more question? Of course. Your story of the merchant has made me curious to meet him. Where is this Simonides to be found? Uh, follow the river to that bridge. The fleet that lies moored there is his, and his home and office overlook it. Many thanks, sir. Uh, the peace of our fathers go with you. And with you. Now perhaps I will hear something of my dear mother and little Terza. If they are still on this earth, perhaps I will even find them. The following morning, I went in search of Simonides. 
Good day to you, sir. I would like to see Simonides, the merchant. And your name? I am the son of Arius, Duumvir of Rome. Come this way, sir. We went up onto the roof of the big stone warehouse. On it was built a smaller stone house. The roof itself was like a terrace, brilliant with flowers. Someone had created a garden up here. Someone, I thought, with the touch and imagination of a woman. It reminded me of home. The son of Arius of Rome to see the master. Let him enter. It was a beautiful room, full of light, which filtered through the many-coloured panes set into a little dome above. A man rested in a broad-armed chair. Leaning against the back of this chair, with her hands resting on the man's shoulders, was a girl, scarcely into womanhood, very calm and very pretty. If you are Simonides, then the peace of the God of our father Abraham be on you and yours. I am Simonides. And you are the son of Arius of Rome? The foster son. I am Judah, son of Ithamar, late head of the house of Hur, and a prince of Jerusalem. The princes of Jerusalem are always welcome in my house. Give the young man a seat, Esther. Please, sir, sit down. Rest yourself. Thank you. Sir, I hope that you won't consider me to be an intruder... I heard yesterday, quite by chance, that you once knew my father. It is true. I knew him. We had certain enterprises and business ventures in common. Esther, bring the young man something to drink. Would you take some wine, sir? Thank you, but not yet. I have news for your father, if he is your father. Yes, I am Esther. Then you too must hear this, for it concerns you as well. Simonides, at his death, I know that my father had a trusted servant of your name. I have been told that you are that same man. Father, what does this mean? Sir, I have grown old in dealing with men. I have few loves left in my life. My God is one. The other is this sweet soul whose hand rests in mine. I would die if she were ever taken from me. And last of all... I have a love that is, alas, only a memory. A love that encompasses a whole family. If only I knew where they were. My mother and my sister. Do you speak of them, sir? I can tell you nothing until you show me conclusive proof of who you are. Master Simonides, I can only tell you my story and hope that you hear it kindly. Then be seated again and speak. And so I told him the whole sorry story. He sat, impassively listening. Only Esther showed any signs of emotion, and I could have sworn that there were tears in her eyes when I drew to a close. And so Arius adopted me. He treated me as a son. I loved and respected him as a father. I devoted myself to arms, to the arts of war. And that did not displease him, for he was a soldier himself. You say you loved him. I am not ashamed to admit it. But I also thought that I could perhaps use his influence to help me find my mother and my sister. But alas, I could find no trace of them. In Rome, they know me only as the son of Arius. So what brings you to Antioch? 
I was meant to be accompanying Consul Maxentius in the campaign he is organizing against the Parthians. But as we arrived in Antioch, I noticed your ships, and a fellow passenger told me about you. I felt I had to come and see you. Go on. You are not yet convinced. I have no other proof. Father... Hush, child. My position is a difficult one. I can prove my Roman connection, but I cannot prove that I am my true father's son. Quintus Arius took it on trust. He knew my father. So what do you want of me? Very little. Quintus Arius left me a rich man. Then what do you want? I beg you. As you are my father's good and faithful servant, can you tell me anything, anything at all of my mother and Terza? Sir, when I look at your pretty daughter, I can think only that my sister should be as she is now, loved and protected. I have said I knew Prince Ben-Hur, and I did. The man who brought such misery upon the widow of my friend is the same villain who crippled me, the procurator Gratus. My young friend, do you think I haven't tried? That is what I feared you would say. With all the considerable means at my disposal, I have looked long and hard. There is nothing to tell, not a word, not a sight of them. One more hope broken. Pardon my intrusion, sir. I thank you both. Peace go with you. And with you, sir. The poor young man. Quickly now, Esther. Ring for Malak. Yes, father. Sir, how can I be of service? Uh, Malak, I have a mission for you. At this very moment, a young man is going down to the warehouse. Follow him. If you can befriend him, so much the better. I want to know everything about him. Tell him only what you think he ought to know. And if he leaves the city? Follow him. Go now, quickly, or you will lose him. Yes, sir. I'll report back as soon as I can. Oh, Esther, come to me. And dry your eyes. You must remember this day, a day of celebration. How can you say so? Today of all days. True. You do well to remind me. For this is the day when your poor mother died. Esther, have the servants carry me into the garden where I can see the river and my ships. There are things you ought to know. Esther, that young man, did you believe him? Yes, father. I haven't told you much of our past, have I? No, but I knew that you would, in time. I think the time is now, child. Listen. Your grandparents were Hebrew bond servants, and in my boyhood I helped them tend the vines. They were of the class bound to serve forever, and they sold me to Prince Hur. I served him for six years, and in the seventh year, by the law of Moses, I went free. So you are not his father's servant after all? Oh, wait, child. Prince Hur indeed set me free. However, I loved and respected him, for he had been a kind master to me, and I stayed with him as a free man and served him for another seven years. One day, at his house in Jerusalem, I met your mother, Rachel. 
who was a bond servant, as I had been. Oh, I see. I loved her on sight, and at last asked for her hand in marriage. The prince told me that if she wished, he would set her free. She told me she loved me and would marry me, but she refused her freedom. What did he do? Well, I gave in. What did it matter if I was a free man or a bond servant working for such a master? When he died, I had risen to be his chief steward with all his property under my control. His widow, that young man's mother, asked me to carry on as before. And then disaster befell the family? Exactly as that young man said. And you really don't know where his mother and sister might be? No. Oh, Esther, I had no doubts about him. He is so like his father. How I longed to take him by the hand. Then why didn't you? I have to be sure of his character. All these years I have dreamed of vengeance against Rome. And when he spoke of his military training, then I began to dream again. And wonder if that was where his thoughts were turned also. Will he come back, do you think? Aye, he will, for sure. Malak will bring him back when I am ready. I left Simonides' warehouse feeling more lonely than ever in my life before. If all his wealth and influence had yielded no results, what chance had I? And then I remembered the Grove of Daphne, a wonderful place, I had been told, of gardens, temples, woodlands and fountains. And so, seeking solace, I turned my footsteps in that direction. Good day to you. Good day. Do you find the grove congenial, sir? You're a fellow Israelite. <laughs> I was born within a stone's throw of the marketplace in Jerusalem. And I judge from your appearance that you're no stranger to that city yourself. You're right. And yes, I do find the grove congenial. It's like some giant open temple. As if the architect had made a servant of nature itself. A shrewd observation. And yet, even here... I find it hard to lose myself, as so many seem to have done. There are people who have come for days and stayed for years. I could not spend my whole life in a pleasure garden. But I'm going to the stadium. The trumpet call just now was to summon competitors in the forthcoming games to their practice. Would you like to see them? I'll gladly come with you. It would be good to have some company. You're very welcome. I must introduce myself. I am the son of Arius, the Duumvir, and you? My name is Malak, and I'm a merchant of Antioch. I'd be interested to see the chariots. I have some skills myself in that direction. I thought they aspired to nothing better than pears here in the east. But I see they ride with royal fours. Oh, look at those bays! Perfectly matched, aren't they? I, I have been in the stables of the emperor himself, but I never saw the like of these horses. Never! Oh. <laughs> A pity their driver is not the equal of them. Who is that man? They shouldn't laugh at him. His age at least should protect him. 
Besides, he is right. The driver is a fool. He is Sheikh Ilderim, a mighty man of the desert, owner of herds of camels and horses descended from the races of the first pharaoh, so they say. I can well believe it, looking at these beasts, but the driver is not worthy of such magnificent creatures. is in need of help. He can't handle them. Oh, it's painful to watch. I think the old man agrees with you. Catch them! He swore he could drive them. Swore it by all his bastard Latin gods. He said they would run swift as eagles and sweet as lambs. A curse on him! Oh, no. Oh, if he touches one of them with his lash, I will have his hide! Speak to them in their own tongue that will quiet them. Oh, fool. Fool that I was to put my trust in the Romans. He must have brought them here hoping to triumph over the Romans. But now he can find no one with the skill or spirit to match theirs and drive to victory. Look, the last driver has entered the arena. This one is obviously their favorite. The chariot is beautiful enough. The horses, too. Who is the driver? Uh, it must be an official favorite. Or some prince, perhaps. Masala. I must get closer. My friend. Masala. It is Masala. You know him? Yes. Yes, I know him. Men of the East and West, listen. The good Sheikh Ilderim needs a mighty man to drive his team of four horses, sons of the favorites of Solomon the Wise. He promises great riches to the man that will drive them to his satisfaction. Do you hear that? The old man is already looking for a new driver. I hear it. My friend? I'm sorry, I was dreaming. Where to now, friend Malak? I have heard tell of a wonderful fountain here. Castalia. Yes, it is beautiful. Come then. Let's go and see it. It is indeed magical. I'm glad we came. It seems that others have had the same idea. A camel approached, bearing a richly decorated howdah which contained an old man and a young woman. Isn't she beautiful? Cleopatra indeed. She certainly looks Egyptian. The young woman was seated amid silks and laces. She wore an open cowl upon her head, sprinkled with beads of coral and strung with coin pieces, some of which were carried across her forehead, while others were covered by the mass of her straight, jet-black hair. Her face was fair to see, and I was glad that it was not veiled. You! Leave the camel close to the fountain and fill my cup, if you would. We are very thirsty. She is obviously used to being obeyed. There must be many who are enslaved by her beauty. I'll help you, my lady. Uh, well, that Roman means to ride us all down. Look out! You'll kill them and yourself! Get down! Down! Steady! Steady now! You. You can let go now. I have them under control. They should never have been out of control. An accident. My apologies. I beg your pardon, my lady. My name is Masala. 
And I swear I saw neither you nor your camel. As for these good people here, well, perhaps I trusted too much to my skill. I was playing a trick on them, but it seems the joke is on me now. My palace, lady, but you are beautiful. How dare you? A truce, a truce, lady, don't turn away from me. Tell me at least that I am pardoned. You down there, sir, our saviour. My thanks to you. My lady, I am your most willing servant. You are cruel as well as beautiful, I see. I do not know your country, so I cannot commend you to your own gods. Instead, I will commend you to myself. We will meet again, lady. Perhaps. And perhaps we will meet again, Masala. Sir, my father would like to speak to you. You have served us well, good sir. I am Balthazar, the Egyptian. We are guests of Sheikh Ildarim in the great orchard of the palms beyond the village of Daphne. Look for us there. We would like to entertain you. By the way, thanks. I hope you will come, good sir. I would be very pleased to see you there. It seems to me that you have some connection with that Roman, Masala. Have you met before? He was my good friend when we were children. But he went to Rome. And when he came back, he despised all things Jewish. He betrayed me. I was accused of a terrible crime. He knew I could not be guilty, and yet he denounced me. Now that doesn't surprise me from what I've heard of him. Worse than that, he gave my mother and my sister to the authorities. They were completely innocent, but I have not seen them since and can find no trace of them. Oh, my friend. He knows where they are. Masala knows what became of them. But he would not tell you? Never. I'm sure. Didn't he recognize you? I don't know. I was little more than a boy when we last met. Besides, I was sentenced to the galleys. He believes me long dead. I'm surprised you didn't strike him. I would have had to kill him. And then his secret would have died with him. I must know what he knows first. You're very calm about this. I have much to avenge. But I have thought of a way to punish him, if you will help me. I will do what I can. I have no love for the masalas of this world. It won't be difficult, and your conscience needn't trouble you. I won't ask much of you. Tell me, where is this orchard of palms that the Egyptians spoke of? Two hours by horse from here. I would like to go there. Will you come with me? Of course. But we must take some refreshment first. There is food and wine to be had in the village. Come! Have these games been widely publicised? Oh, yes. They are to be splendid. The Consul Maxentius is coming to Antioch to make final preparations for a campaign against the Parthians. Yes, I know about that. It was what brought me here myself. The games are to be held in his honour. A month ago, heralds went to the four quarters to proclaim the opening of the circus in Antioch for the celebration. The prizes being offered are royal. And the circus is second only to the Maximus in Rome. So they tell me. I've never been there. The rules are the same, but with one difference. What's that? In Rome, only four chariots may start at once. Isn't that so? Yes. Here, all comers may start. Mm. That is the practice of the Greeks, I believe. Dangerous all the same with too many. 
so I may choose my own chariot. Yes, but the games will be held in six days from now. You'll have to hurry if you intend to compete. And it is certain that Masala will be a competitor. You need have no worries on that score. But Judah, have you the experience? In the last great games at the Circus Maximus, the Emperor himself offered me his patronage if I would take his horses in hand and run them against the entries of the world. <laughs> and you wouldn't do it? I am a Jew. If I take to the reins here, it will not be for the winner's fee. But the prize is vast. A fortune. I don't need money. I will race only to take revenge on my enemy. That is permitted by the law. But tell me what you know about Masala. I only know that he's a hero among the Roman soldiery, and his name is on the tablets of every young spendthrift in Antioch. You mean they have placed bets on him? Oh, they have indeed. A great many of them. He's far and away the favourite. But uh, what horses are you going to drive? Will you take me to the Orchard of Palms and introduce me to Sheikh Ilderim? I thought so. His horses... I never saw their light before. If I can bring them under my control... You can win yourself a fortune. I can humble my enemy in public. <laughs> that will be worth 20 fortunes to me. Come, I know where we can hire two horses. Before you meet Sheikh Ilderim, Judah... There is something I perhaps ought to tell you about him and his friendship with Balthazar. Oh? It is no coincidence that Balthazar is lodged at the Orchard of Palms. Many years ago, the sheikh gave hospitality to three strangers who called at his tent. These men were following a star. Following a star? Yes. I know it sounds bizarre. Each of them, quite independently, mind you, had heard a voice telling him that he must go and find he that is born king of the Jews. But wasn't Herod king of the Jews? He was, and not best pleased at their news, as you can imagine. No, no he wouldn't be. These men found the newborn child lying in a cave. They brought him gifts, and then fled into the desert, fearful of Herod's anger. Ilderim gave them shelter, and his people hid the child and its parents. Herod had ordered all male babies in the region to be killed. Little good it did him. He went to meet his maker soon afterwards. But all this happened many years ago, you say? Yes. But the reason I mention it now is that one of the three travelers has returned. His name is Balthazar. You mean the Egyptian? Whom you saved from the hooves of Masala's horses. The man with the beautiful daughter. And what became of the king of the Jews? Ah, nobody knows. But ever since, Sheikh Ilderim has been waiting for the coming of the king. For he firmly believes that this king of the Jews will bring about the downfall of Rome. But look, here comes the Sheikh himself to greet us. Peace be unto you. Ah, my friend Maluk. And a kindly stranger. I've heard about you from Balthazar, sir. Come, come, follow me to the tents. Drink, friends, drink. There is plenty more for our honored guests. Sir, <laughs> I must go. Oh, so soon. I'm afraid so. Son of Arius... I have told the sheikh all that I know about you, and he has agreed to give you trial of his horses in the morning. I thank you, sir. 
Salvarius. I am in desperate need of a good driver. I must return to Antioch where I have business to attend to, but I will come back tomorrow if you wish. I will be delighted to see you. Then goodbye for now. Peace be with you. Malak tells me you are the foster son of a Roman, a great man. I am, but by birth I am a Jew. Then perhaps, just perhaps, you will have the spirit to match my beloved horses. Tomorrow we shall see. Peace be to you, good master, and to you, Esther. Welcome, Malak. What can you tell us of the young man? Let him get his breath, father. Malak, sit down. Thank you. So, did you manage to make his acquaintance? Up to a point. He would tell me little of his life, but he has a troubled mind. Hmm. Was he prodigal with his money? Not at all. And yet I believe him to be very wealthy. So what are his motives? Could you tell? Oh, yes. They are plain enough. He is devoted to finding his mother and sister, but he also has a great grievance against Rome. Ah. It is something to do with the Roman, Masala. Masala. His present object is to humiliate him. He intends to drive against Masala at the circus. Does he have the necessary skill? He says he will win, and I'm inclined to believe him. The Sheikh believed him, too. Ah. He has agreed to let him try his horses, and you know how Ilderim loves those beasts. You like him, don't you, Malak? I confess I do. And yet, his hatred of Rome and his desire for revenge are very great. They burn into him. He must have suffered terribly. I admitted to our acquaintance, Simonides. I told him Ilderim's story of the wise men and the baby. It interested him greatly. He knows that the Roman Empire must be destroyed before another king can rule. Enough, Merak. This is dangerous talk. Tomorrow you can return to the Orchard of Palms. You must help the young man through his coming trial. I may even attend the circus myself. I begin to see a reason for my great riches at last, Esther. You mean the king? It was 27 years ago when Balthazar and his companions came to Ilderim's tent. The king will be a man now, and when he comes into his own, he will need money and men. I suppose he will. But don't you think it odd? The words that were used. He that is born king of the Jews. No, for one may be a king and yet be born in poverty. Send for our master tonight, father. Don't let him go to the circus. Why not, child? It is not a place for a son of Israel. What are you afraid of? Oh, Esther. The young man is to have my fortune. Is he to have my daughter as well? You know I will never leave you. Oh, you will marry one day. I want to hear my grandchildren's laughter before I leave this world for the next. I don't like to think of him in danger. And you would like to see him again? I would be more than glad to see him again. But I am your daughter, and nothing can ever change that. What a blessing you are to me, Esther. May God keep you safe from all harm.
Oh. <laughs> Masala, come and play the dice with us. Oh, leave him be. He's always too lucky. Fill the cups. Let's drink. You. What's your name? Drusus, sir. Why are you staring at me? I meant no offence. But, sir, have you ever seen Quintus Arius? When you were in Rome? The Juumbia? Yes, he's dead, isn't he? No. I mean, yes, he is dead. But I was talking about his son. He had no son, as far as I know. There was a foster son. I've heard mention of him. It would be after your time in Rome. And he looks like you, Masala. You could be brothers. Uh, that's true enough. I've seen him myself. Uh, the talk was that he was uh, Jewish. How can you compare Masala with a Jew? Well, I meant no disrespect. And everyone always agreed that the young Arius was a fine-looking man. I'm interested, Drusus. Tell me more. Well, this son of Arius is handsome, brave, and clever. The emperor himself offered him patronage, but he refused. He had a passion for arms and thought of nothing but war when I knew him. The Duumvir left him immensely rich. He can do as he pleases. Well, they say he's here in the city, but he's not come to the palace or the citadel. So where is he? That young man at the grove. What happened at the grove? Someone prevented me from... Well, no, we won't go into that. What more can you tell me about this son of Arius? He is rich, fit, extremely handsome. A young Apollo, eh, Masala? <laughs> well, I'm pleased you say he resembles me. But what prompted the Duumvir to adopt a Jew, of all people? Oh, there were many stories. Arius sailed in pursuit of pirates and came back with the boy. Isn't that right? <laughs> That's what I've heard. Very curious. <laughs> they say Arius's galley was sunk, and when they were rescued, the two were afloat on the same plank. The boy was dressed as a rower. <laughs> so you can draw your own conclusions. <laughs> a galley slave. A Jewish galley slave. Enough of this nonsense. Come, let's drink. To Gratus, my friend and colleague, I have an astonishing event to relate to you. You will perhaps remember a family of Jerusalem by the name of Her. In punishment for an attempt on your life, the family were seized and their property confiscated. There should be no shame in referring to sums which were thus released to us. You will also remember that you dealt with the mother and sister of the wrongdoer. I myself had the criminal sent to the galleys, but of them I know nothing. Last night, I heard a strange story. Accompanying Maxentius, the consul here, is a foster son of the late Duumvir, Quintus Arius. Yesterday I met this mysterious son of Arius, and I have reason to believe that he is this same criminal, Judah Ben-Hur. He must surely be thinking of revenge for country, mother, sister, and self. Ben-Hur is of Maxentius's party and will be here for another month at least. I saw him yesterday in the grove of Daphne, but believe him now to be at the Orchard of Palms, under the tent of the treacherous Sheikh Ilderim. It would be well if Maxentius were to place the Arab on a ship for forwarding to Rome, but what is to be done about the Jew? I hope you will not hesitate in trusting that matter to your most loving friend, Masala. Young man, why will you not tell me exactly who you are? Have you something to hide? I am an Israelite of the tribe of Judah, 
And you have a grievance against Rome? If you will only give me the revenge I desire, the money and the glory will be all yours, Sheikh Ilderim. Oh, I am in need of neither. The glory alone would suffice. I do not need the money either, young man. I have tablets recording my children's ancestry for many hundred of years past. If I can find them a fitting driver, they will win. A trial is all I ask. And that is what you will have tomorrow. Peace be with you, my friends. Bathasar, my friend, let me introduce you to the young man who will try my horses tomorrow. If all goes well, he will drive them in the circus for me. Are you not the same young man who saved my life and that of my daughter? The insolent Roman would have ridden over you. We are most grateful to you. Mm. Come, my friends, let us sit and eat. The meal is ready. Sir, can you tell me more of this king of the Jews that you sought so many years ago? Where is he now? Oh, if I knew that, I would go to him. Indeed. But I believe his time is at hand, and that is why I have come here. Where else will he appear if not in Judea? The time is coming when he will be the light of the world. I long for that time. Ah, that is because you hate Rome and seek only her downfall. I do. I'm not ashamed to admit it. But the ills of this time have more to do with ignorance of God than with Rome. This child is our Redeemer. He comes to be a savior of souls. Surely he comes to be king of the Jews. <laughs> you see only a title. You must look behind it, young man, to the great mystery beyond. His kingdom is not of this world. A kingdom not of this world. Puzzling over what Balthazar meant, I walked down to the lake and saw Iris, her face raised to the moonlight.
For a little while I forgot Masala and my thoughts of revenge. I forgot my pain and my longing to find my family. I forgot the king of the Jews that was to come. I thought only of her. And I thought her the most beautiful sight I had ever seen. Take the rim. I have a letter for you from Simonides. Uh, uh, thank you, Malak. I think you should read it as quickly as possible. Go to the stables. Your young companion of yesterday is already with the horses. Thank you, Sheikh. My friend, you should know that the son of Arius, who is with you, is very dear to me. If you come to see me, I shall tell you something of his history. I would be grateful if you would keep our acquaintance a secret from him for the time being. Meanwhile, I have other more grave news to give you. Today the consul Maxentius comes to Antioch. There is a conspiracy to damn you in his eyes. Keep watch. Send your servants to the roads leading from Antioch and have all correspondence coming or going intercepted. Maluk, you can thank our mutual friend for his warning, which is indeed timely, and tell him that I will come to see him soon. I will indeed, Sheikh. Peace be unto you, son of Arius. The horses are ready. Are you? I am ready, Sheikh Ilderim. I will ride on your Sirius today, and not with the chariot. Then they will learn to know me and my voice. Good. Bring the harness for the four. I hope you can handle them, for you appear to like them. They certainly approve of you. What are their names? Their names are stars. This one is Rigel. This, and Terry's the youngest. That is Aldebaran, and this... Altair. Were you never in the desert at night? Never. Then you cannot know how we rely on the stars to show us our way. May I harness them myself? <laughs> if they will let you. They will let me. Come, Rigel. Come, Altair. Will you send someone to guide me to the practice field? We will come ourselves and watch. Altair, Rigel, Antares, and Aldebaran. Come now. You'll do your best for me, won't you? Now we'll go easily until you know my voice. That's it. Come, my stars. You'll run for me, won't you? That's it, my beauties. That's it, my stars. Not a Roman, that's for sure. Was not that boldly done? Oh, oh, there. They know me and accept me. 
We need only practice now. We can win, Sheikh Elderim. Sir, you have done more with my horses in two hours than the Roman did in as many weeks. We will win. I am sure of it. You didn't exaggerate your skills, Judah. Now, look. Can you do me one more service, my friend? Name it. I would like to know the exact weight and measurement of Masala's chariot. I don't want him to have an advantage over me. I'll go to the city and see what I can find out. Many thanks. Sir, I asked the daughter of Balthazar sends greetings. She would be taking a boat on the lake and would like you to accompany her. On the lake? She asks if you will perhaps meet her there. It is cooler on the water. When? As soon as possible. Very well. Tell her I will come as soon as the horses are comfortable. Will you get into my boat? Do you think it wise? Why do you hesitate? Are you a poor sailor? I'm sorry, my lady. I was afraid... Afraid? You? I don't believe it. Afraid of sinking the boat? Let me have the paddle. No. I asked you to ride with me. I am in your debt and want to repay you in some way. You talk and I will listen. Or shall I talk and you can listen? But only I must choose where we go. And where would that be? Are you frightened again? Have you kidnapped me, fair Iris? Call me Egypt. But Iris is your name. And a very pretty one. You can think of me as Iris. But you must call me Egypt. Oh, what a country that is. If only I could show you, and then you would understand me better. This lake is not long. Now, if we were on the Nile, we could drift for days together. I wish this were the Nile. But it is not. Will you tell me something about the Roman you saved us from yesterday? I think that he must be a very wicked man. I wouldn't know, my lady. Is he rich? I really couldn't say. His horses were very beautiful. The bed of his chariot was gold and the wheels were surely of ivory. Didn't you think it was very beautiful? Does he live in Antioch? He is from the east somewhere, I believe. He could be an Egyptian. Ah, we are almost home again. Then we have not been to Egypt at all. And this is not the Nile. But I can tell you stories of Egypt. I would rather you did that than talk of Masala. Masala? Is that his name? Are you jealous of him? No. Only bored with your questions about him. Well then, let's speak of something else. What shall it be? Mathematics. Oh, no. Or magicians, perhaps. If you like. Or love. Shall we speak of love? Why not? They say there is no cure for it. I know of one. What's that? Death. Oh, you are too grim. 
I think we must go ashore if you're going to talk like this. Egypt, will you be at the games? Of course I will. I wouldn't miss them for the world. Then I will send you my colours. Will you? Thank you, son of Arius. I shall wear them with pride. Son of Arius, how does it go? Very well. This afternoon, I think that I will give Sirius back to you and take to the chariot. So soon? With horses such as these, one day is enough. They are not afraid. Oh. They have near human intelligence, yes. and they love the exercise. <laughs> Aldebaran is the swiftest. And which is the slowest? Antares, but it does not matter, for he would run to the best of his ability for a whole day if necessary. Yes. They are a good combination. I have only one doubt. And what is that? The Romans are full of tricks. I know, for I have trained with them. From now on, let no stranger so much as see the horses. Masala is capable of anything, and he wants to win. He would poison these beautiful creatures if he could. Poison? No hand shall come near them, unless it belongs to one of the faithful. Or yourself. Uh, son of Arius, you can read Latin, can't you? Of course. Then can you translate this letter for me? A messenger brought it today. It was intercepted on the road out of Antioch. Let me see. Masala to gratis. We have delayed it for a time, that's all. I see. Hmm. Oh, no. My dear young man, what is the matter? He speaks. He speaks of his betrayal of a family called Herd. He, he mentions a mother and a sister. Son of Arius, I see that this letter concerns you as closely as it does myself. Wait while I read the rest. You will remember that you dealt with the mother and sister. Of them I know nothing. He does not know. Blessed be the name of the Lord, he does not know. So they surely cannot be dead. Oh, he would have heard of it. I went to the horses with hope and anger in my heart. Masala was as treacherous as ever. But there was a faint chance that my mother and my sister might still be alive. And then I put it all from my mind. And thought of nothing but the horses named after stars and the chariot race that we must win. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.